My podcast this week is a fascinating man and what will come over in this interview and what came over to me was his passion. This man has a passion. In this industry I'm in, you see people come and go. This guy's going to be here forever because of his passion. A writer, director, producer, um, an opinionated person who knows what he wants in life. Daniel P. Lewis, hi. Thank you so much, Pete. This really means a lot. Thank you. I'm thrilled you've got time for me because you're a very, very busy man. What we want to do is we want to talk about the films, but we want to talk about you and we want to go back and find out all about you, especially your passion, because I don't know where it comes from. Uh, it's remarkable. And also you and your acting ability and your ability to change yourself, because you're not going to believe it, in our kid, which we will talk about, I didn't realise who you were. No, so you've done that to me twice now. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, I take that as a as a massive compliment, of course. Um, you know, I've had a, a few. Obviously, the character in our kid having cerebral palsy. Um, I went to a screening in Birmingham, and there was a guy in the audience that has worked in the CP community for twenty years, and um, he came up to me, and it was only at the last at the end credits when he seen my photo and he said well you convinced me and that is is one of the biggest compliments so well i'm with him because i didn't you. realize it was you let's go back to the beginning uh liverpool lad yeah well actually i've i've got me foot on both sides of the water my mum's from wallacey so i i i grew up um i grew up in wallacey moved to liverpool when i was about 15 16 so um i'm now living in wales growing up when did you first get the bug over acting, writing, producing? Where, where did it come from? Do you know what? I um, I think I come from a family, a, a, a large family of, of of entertainers in their own right. My mum's one of ten. And um, my nin, she used to be on stage, she used to perform and whatnot. So I think it's kind of one of those things that's in the blood. But I always followed my dad's path. My dad's um, a fighter. I come from a family of professional fighters. And obviously, growing up in the area, I grew up in, and the and the group of friends that I had, I thought I need to be a fighter because if I say that I want to be an actor, I'll just get laughed at, and that was my mindset. And um, unfortunately, I carried that mindset on for quite a, a long period, and it was until um, I went through a bit of a dark time in my life. Um, I I thought, you know what, anything anything can happen. I might not be here tomorrow, and I don't want to have any regrets, and I need to go. I needed to follow my music, if you like. Um, so it was until I was 26, 27, until I said, no, I want to be an actor. I love films. Um, I grew up, you know, my name was my second mum. We grew up watching the black and white movies, Charlie Chaplin and things like that, spaghetti westerns. So I, I and um, I've, I've got a guilty pleasure. I absolutely love musicals. Um, and, and and that's because of me then i just used to watch musicals with me then and like you say it was until i was 27 i was like do you know what i'm just gonna follow my my what i believe is my passion and dream and i'm glad i did can you talk about the dark time yeah of course i mean it's um it's been no secret now i'm, I'm quite happy and open about it i i, I um, i'm involved in a lot of charities i i went through some very dark times growing up um suffered a lot of trauma i was a uh, a victim of sexual abuse from the age of seven till the age of 13. um 
and of course that didn't affect me because you you kind of you put it to the back of your mind you try and forget that it ever happened and it's only until later life when you realize and that's when it gets you you know I've, I've i've suffered unfortunately a lot of death you know there's there's a, a a blessing of having a large family but then there's also a downside is that you suffer death a lot more you know you you, you witness to that um and yeah i was i was kicked out of school quite early um I, I started to abuse myself with drugs and alcohol. Um, I was always getting into trouble. And uh, it just got to a, a, a sort of boiling point when I was 27. And um, I just tried to take my life, tried to end it all. Um, I couldn't see any hope or any vision of ever being here. I thought, this is it. This is, this is. And I was at peace with that, with that decision as well. I did not want to be here. And it was obviously, thankfully, a, a failed suicide attempt. I was arrested and um, placed under sectioning, um, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was genuinely reborn. Now, that sounds a little bit cheesy and cliche, but I, it, it was it was the rebirth of of, of me. And um, I moved back in with with my mum, and I was set up in a in a little spare room. And she was like, she got a good grip of me, and she was like, look, what do you want? And this is when I was like, look, I want to be an actor. Writer, blah blah blah. Um, she created a vision board of the things that I wanted in life: happiness, health, wealth, family, love, and um, and then I started to write our kid. Now I got a little job on the paper. Many years ago, then. Yeah, so 2017, I actually started it. Um, I got a little job on the the pier head, um, just doing a little security job, and I spent six weeks, twelve hour shifts, sat with a little pen and paper outside that liver building and that's what inspired me genuinely the city of liverpool the buildings the culture the history the people everything that's that's what inspired the script completed the script and then what do i do now i've i've always been a boxer i've worked on the doors for 13 years i've just got, got out of hospital after a suicide attempt how do i make a film and who is going to trust me with the, with any funds investment so I had to raise the funds myself um, until I eventually did get some investors. Let's leave that there for a second. Yeah, yeah. So we've got this picture. Um, let's talk about the boxing because you did a challenge. Was that to raise funds? Yeah. So um, So before you tell us about the challenge, tell us the build-up to boxing. So have you boxed all your life as well? Yeah, I, I boxed from the age of seven. Um, again, followed in me in my dad's footsteps and my uncle and my cousins. Um, I think I was punching before I was walking. My dad used to um, run a gym. And, um, yeah, I, I boxed from the age of seven. I had my first fight at uh, 11, 12. Um, obviously, when I got to my teenage years, that's when I found drink and drugs and girls and, you know, and you get a little bit distracted, so I was sort of dipping in and out. And then I got into a bit of trouble. Um, you know, Were you a disappointment for your dad? Dipping in and out. Um, I, I, do you know what? Me and my dad's got a weird relationship. And Still got your dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got such a weird relationship because me, me, me mum and dad split up when when I was I was a young age, and um, I always felt like I was. I think that's why I was boxing to to try and earn his 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 respect, his his approval, and um, I just never felt like I was making my dad proud. Um, which 
obviously has a massive effect on on a young boy and a young teenager. You know, I think every man, every young man needs um, a, a male role model in their life. Um, and I wasn't sure whether I had that with me dad. Um, so I was always fighting for his approval. Um, and when I was doing good in the boxing, I mean, I used to make sure that my dad would watch me sparring. And because I, I was always a lot bigger, I was sparring a lot of the older lads. And when I was doing well and holding my own and sometimes even having to take it easy, I still wasn't winning my dad's approval and it was it was frustrating. So I used to start to showboat and put my hands down and slip and slide. And he'd go mad and tell the other, other fighters to make sure you hit him, make sure you hit him. And I was like... And then, obviously, you know, I started to get a little bit distracted and that certainly disappointed my dad. Um, but then... When I sort of straightened out my act a little bit, you know, I was coming back into the boxing. I was, uh, I was making, I was making waves, if you like. And you know, I started training with Ricky Hatton. I, I was, I was, I was building up this great network of these boxing idols that he's grown up, you know, with, and and I still wasn't getting that approval. And then, like you say, that challenge. I'm a boxing world record holder. Before you tell us the challenge, have you ever sat down with your dad and said, what have I got to do to get your approval? Well, what's funny is, is doing all them and having this, we will go on to that, sorry, that world record, still not getting it. It seems like now, doing the acting and the writing, he's finally said, I'm proud of you. And I'm thinking, But never in the boxing world. Never in the boxing world. And I'm thinking... I've, I always had this mindset, well, I need to be tough. I need to be a, a tough man like my dad. He, and that would be making him proud. You know, because I thought, if I do this acting, he's going to go, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's going, I'm proud of you. He's, he watched it. He sent me a video that he was watching it. Well done. He's told all of his mates to watch it. And I'm like, wow. All of a sudden. Yeah. Now, tell us about the challenge, because, you know... Eat a thousand eggs, fine, that's dead. <laughs> Run a couple of miles, that's easy. Come on, what the hell? And where did the idea come from? <laughs> What's really funny is, um, I I was obviously, I was raising funds for the film, um, and it was just a drop in the ocean. This is our kid. For our kid, right. yeah. And I was putting comedy nights on with Ricky Tomlinson, meet and greets on with boxers and Liverpool players. Again, it's just a drop in the ocean. And I was getting so deflated and, and almost giving up. And I remember sitting there, it must have been about two or three o'clock in the morning. I'm just sat in my chair and I'm like, and a mate of mine just texted me and said, I was just going through some of your old pictures for whatever reason. He said, I didn't realise that like you were, you were so close to Ricky Hatton and you, you, you'd been to Tyson Fury's house and blah, blah, blah. And I almost forgot about all that, if you like. And I messaged him and said, yeah, well, that was my old life. That was me boxing. And then it dawned on me, I'm going to go back to boxing to raise the funds. What am I going to do? I'm going to break a world record. By the next day, I had a poster out. I had Rossi agreed to um, to host it. I had the venue confirmed. I had a handful of boxers all confirmed. 12 weeks to get into shape to break a world record. That was not enough. I needed at least 12 months. Um, and then, yeah, I, I stepped into the boxing ring after... About six years of being out. Um, and what was the world record? I done 142 three-minute continuous <laughs> rounds of, of sparring. So with like 50-plus professional fighters. 
Um, it was just under 10 hours. Yeah. And then I broke the record. I'd done a round or two more. Then I collapsed. I was rushed to hospital. <laughs> how, how long were you in hospital for? Uh, only a couple of nights. Oh. Yeah. Um, I picked up something called rhabdomyolysis. Uh, my, my kidneys were, were packing in. Wow. Um, Did you raise money? Do you know what? That was it. <clears throat> no, it didn't. But I did get the money for the film right. because people could see the lengths that I was prepared to go to. Right. So we had um, we had a live stream going on and and we could see the GoFundMe going up. Um, now we we raised every penny counts, of course. You know what I mean. So we raised money, but to put the event on cost money. I thought would raise more than what, so we kind of just broke even. Um, so I was a little bit disheartened with that, but it is what it is. You know, there is much more important causes out there than someone trying to make a film. However, I did gain the attention of of, of private investors um, to say, look, he's prepared to go to this lengths. He's got this community supporting him. You know, and more and more people were getting behind this. I was attaching actors by then. Obviously, we had Ricky Tomlinson attached. He was the first actor we attached. So these investors they took a chance. Helped, yeah. You know. And you, you know, you just said there's more, there's better ways of. Or you didn't say that. You said that you know I was worried about making a film. Your films have messages in. Yeah, of course. And those messages are incredibly important. So the film is important, and this one is important. Let's keep. Our kid. Well, no, I'll ask one more question and then go back to our kid. Can you explain, is there any words when you first, the very first time you saw it finished, is there any way to explain that journey you went on? A nightmare. <laughs> I, um, I, was, I was heavily involved with the editing process, um, so I'd watched this film far too many times. And obviously we were selected at Raindance, we watched it there. I was so nervous, felt like I was going to be sick. Tell them what Raindance is. Raindance is probably one of the biggest film festivals. It's certainly the biggest film festival in, in Europe. Um, it's so prestigious and, and you know, we were, we were selected at that, which is an incredible achievement. Um, so we had the, the, the world premiere at the Curzon Cinema in Mayfair. You know, we had the, 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 the founder of Raindance there introducing the film, which was amazing. Um, but it was all just a blur. We had, you know, it was it was a big red carpet press, loads of celebrities, you know, microphones being shoved in my face and cameras flashing, and it was just all a blur. Then we came to Liverpool. I wanted to bring this film, this Liverpool film, our film, to Liverpool. And that was in Crosby? That was in Crosby, yeah. Again, it was great. It was just a blur. I, 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 done, I sat at the back, didn't really enjoy it. When I watched it in New Brighton, it was the first time I actually relaxed and watched it as as a viewer, and there was parts like because I just switched off and tried to forget what the story was, what the, and I was laughing at jokes that I've been laughing at or editing for 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 months and months. I was crying, and, and you know, and certainly at at Sharon and and things like this. So it was it was only you know a few weeks back that I got to enjoy it properly. We're talking about the film Our Kid. Uh, I'm talking to Daniel P. Lewis uh, about the film. I'm glad you mentioned Crosby. Um, I didn't go and see that film. I went to see Billy Smith, which we'll talk about. I was incensed. I've got to put this on the tape because I, 
I've never seen so many people get up and buy a drink and sit back and shout, there's our Charlie, there's... I have never, in all the premieres I've ever been to, it was it was a film ready to be made about a film. Yeah, our kid, yeah. No, no, sorry. Billy. No, Billy. But the audience... Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. the audience, the behaviour of the audience was abysmal. If you're listening, you lot, you were up and down like yo-yos, going to the toilet, coming back with drinks, getting drunk. I'm trying to watch a movie. I was incensed. Yeah, no, it's um, a lot of people had, had a lot of fun that night, a bit too much. <laughs> too much fun for the ones who wanted to watch the film. <laughs> it was but when we brought our kids to that same cinema. Yeah. No one moved. Really? No one moved. Perhaps they learned from the last yeah. one. <laughs> well, I, said to, yeah. I said to the bar, you're not selling drink. <laughs> now, did you start acting uh, before our kid, before all this? Was acting started, or was it all about being in front of the liver building and saying, no, this is where I'm going? <clears throat> yeah, so obviously when I, when I decided like I want to be an actor, well then, where do you go? What, what do you do? And, you know, so naive and, and, and vulnerable. I'm starting to call up agents. Right, well, I want to be an actor, so will you represent me? It doesn't work like that. You know, you need you need a, a, a brute, you know, a history. You need, you need to earn your stripes. They need to see showreel. Well, I haven't got showreel because I've never done it. So what am I going to do? And then there was a, a, a smaller agency. Um, I think they mainly deal with, like, extra work and sporting artists. And... Um, they said, based on my history and my image, I was only probably going to get rough and tough type roles, hard man roles. And I was like, I'm not deciding to be an actor just to be henchman number one, you know, and that's no discredit to it. But I, I want this as a as a, as a a long-lasting career because I love it or know I'm going to love it. Um, so I was like, right, OK, well, I'm going to prove to everyone. I'm going to create my own showreel. I'd never written before. I'm not, I'm not a writer. I haven't got a GCSE to my name. But I started to write, and you know, um, it was it was actually my mum. She just said, "Well, use use your life experiences. You know, you've grown up again, around a huge family. You've worked the doors for so many years. You've met so many people in the boxing community, the security industry, the the you know, entertainment and, and whatnot. Just write about what you know. Take inspiration from all those people and scenarios. And um, something that was close to my heart was was." Um, was the original show film called Thomas, and the character was heavily inspired by my cousin Paul, um, who had a rare form of cerebral palsy. Unfortunately, we lost him a few years ago. He's my first best friend growing so up. So you're telling me Thomas was the the start of our kid? Yeah, um, and that was a five minute show film, um, and that was I've now created a showreel piece, and that's all it was for. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, that show film went on to be very successful i was i didn't <laughs> what it was as someone suggested enter into the film festival i was like what's that i've heard of glastonbury <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, he said look i'll and it was the director andre he said i'll take care of it and he started entering into film festivals um and it was it was nominated for 11 best actor awards in five countries and i won five best actor awards in three countries i was contacted by bafta and they said they applauded and congratulated me and they said, use this as a pilot to help fund a feature film. So that was planting the seed. And then obviously I went on, I, you know, I lost I lost me, me way a little bit and went through a bit of a dark time. And then, but it was when I came out of hospital 
that's when I revisited that that conversation, that seed, and um, yeah, started to write. Interesting, you say that. So all that adulation, looking back, putting your writing hat on, putting your actor's hat on, putting also Daniel's hat on. Do you think that adulation gave you strange feelings about I'm already a star, or did that, or did that dis make you dissatisfied? Um, no, I, th I, th I suffer terribly with imposter syndrome. Um, there's been so many people like yourself that has, has, has given me such beautiful feedback, congratulated me on the, on the writing, the act, and the film itself. It's um, I don't know. I, it's 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 almost as if I'm not worthy of. Or when are they going to find out that I'm actually not a good actor or I'm not a good writer? You know, I I seen a quote um, from a best-selling um, author, and she said, "By my thirteenth book, they're going to find out. They're going to find out that I actually can't write." I don't know. I, do you, do you understand? I'm going to make you feel a lot better now. <laughs> I've been in the industry 50 years, and I keep st still saying, when are they going to realise I've got no talent? Exactly. This is Seriously, this is 50 years. That's why I've reinvented myself so many times to do different... I'm not a big name, I'm not a big star, I'm well known here, but not a big star all over the world or in the country. I've always said, when are people going to realise I'm a bluffer? <laughs> This is it. This is and this is exactly how I'm feeling, and I'm kind of glad as well because I think, you know, obviously you just said it there. Probably, you know, keeps you grounded, keeps you humble. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit. You know, and and that's where I want to remain because, you know, I'll, I'll never forget where the inspiration for this story has come from, mm -hmm. and it's, it's 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 me family. It's 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 me people. You know now, we've I mean? we talked about our kid, but once again, we'll go back to that again, about the casting, the everything, and the power it's, 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 it's giving out there. Tell us about Billy Smith. Yeah, Billy Smith. What's the story behind that? That was an accident. <laughs> um, because I was raising funds for our kid, it just wasn't happening. I was like, I need to be creative, I need to be creative. I'm going to create another short film. Um, and... Yeah, I wanted to com I wanted to do something completely different. Now I'm a I'm a massive horror fan and and and, and dark thrillers, and I was watching Silence of the Lambs, one of my favourite films, and um, it was amazing how Anthony Hopkins is only in that film for about eighteen minutes, but yet the impact that he has, I thought wouldn't that be amazing to 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 have that impact on an audience, only having you know, a, a short amount of time on screen and but being so, so impactful. And then, obviously, we went into lockdown and all that seemed to be coming out was uh, murder documentaries, making a murderer or Piers Morgan interviewing murderers in, in, in this, that, the other. And my missus was always watching them. I thought, is she planning something here? What's going on? <laughs> but everyone was loving it and everyone was talking about it. I thought, I'm going to create a little short film you know, that everyone's intrigued by these type of characters. And again, it was meant to be 20 minutes long. We shot some footage. It was it was great fun. I believe the footage was really nice. I said, let's extend it. Let's add a couple of more scenes. And then it was the director, Joshua Blewett. He said, you know, we only need to add 20 more minutes and we've got a feature film. I went away, started writing. And, 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 and that's how Billy Smith happened. It was a, a total of 10 days. Um, 
everyone pulling together. It was COVID, so no one was was um, was working. Followed the guidelines, of course, you know. Um, and it was it was just great fun, and we we ended up with an an accidental feature film. It's interesting you say that. Um, the trailer got me hooked because we didn't see you. It was the build-up to you as the character, and you were a very sinister person. Uh, I thought it was tremendous, a tremendous thing. And I'm not really into... I'm into dramas, mm. and but I was a bit scared of that. But once again, your character, I didn't know it was you. Yeah, no, it's it was really fun because Billy Smith is so completely far away from me, so it was really fun. I could get creative with that, you know, and obviously with with our kid, with Thomas, it's a little bit closer to me, so it's a bit harder playing something closer because you can get a bit too emotionally attached. But it was a lot of fun doing Billy Smith because you can get really creative and just be out there. Um, Why America? Um, I was just, I'm just intrigued, but and certainly that area of America, just again by the culture, the music, the food, and um, you know I, I watch a lot of films um, based around and that, around that, and it's it's weird as well that. People like Billy Smith still exist. Um, you know, that I won't get too sort of political or that, but it's it, it's intriguing that like the likes of the Confederate flag is still being waved now. And I and I just started oh, yeah. to, racism is alive and well. Yeah, it's 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 and I just started to sort of delve into that a little bit and, and to these these mindsets that, you know, someone like Billy Smith's character, he he, he, he tries to justify what he does. By saying that he's cleansing the world, it's crazy that this happens. This, you know, and um, and yeah, that's that's why I created it. Just pure intrigue because I was intrigued. Do you feel flat and Ill- empty after our kid has finished? Yeah, I I struggled um, because, uh, and I'm okay now. But what I'd done was obviously I'd gone through years of struggling mentally. Then I've gone to hospital, I've come out, and the first thing I've done is started the film. So all my concentration has has been on the film, and it's I've kind of created a bit of a distraction and put everything to the back of my mind of what's what's gone on. So now that the film's done, I'm left with all this, and I'm like, oh no. I've dealt with that, and I'm all good, and I'm happy, and I'm outspoken. With it all, um, I'm involved in a lot of mental health charities, so that's that's all good. Um, but yeah, when it was over, I thought, what am I going to do now? Because I feel like I'm back at that place. And of course, as a creative, I just want to be creating. I, I want to be on to the next one. But you know, until until people see, you know, our kid, until the industry sees me, hopefully as 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 an okay writer and actor then I'll be able to get more opportunities to, to continue to, to, to work, you know. With all those problems, you've got a lovely relationship, which you had for a long time, you had children. Are you hard to live with? Um, no, I, do you know what? I'm quite easy going. So you're a different person oh, away from... Yeah, d- definitely. Um, I mean, me and Hayley were, you know, we've been together for 18 years. We were yin and yang, um, completely different. You know, obviously, I I had my issues and troubles, and I'd sort of go away at the weekends and and be you know up to no good. Um, and and Haley was just she's just she's just beautiful. She's such a lovely, beautiful person. 
she's a nurse, um, she doesn't drink, she doesn't party or anything like that. So we were just complete opposites. But like I say, since, you know, going through my recovery um, period and whatnot, I'm just I'm just so easy going. We get along so much. Um, we we have we have a laugh, and she's so supportive of what I'm doing. I've met you twice, and we're interviewing in my home. Not many people come to my home. Can you explain this magnetism you've got? Because making the films, you attract a lot of people, some very very nice people, and you get help with the funds etc but you actually attract people do you know why um i'd probably give credit to my mum there she always says god loves a trier if you don't ask you don't get um i always treat people how i want to be treated you know if if you're polite and respectful uh, to people and you receive that back then you know you're onto a winner i've you know if if i've approached the likes of ricky i say got this project i'd love you to be involved and that that's the best i can do um and i've I've just been so blessed i'm so grateful that you know all these amazing people that i've looked up to growing up have all agreed and said yeah i'm just been so supportive um so yeah just if you don't ask you don't get and be polite well i've been to two premieres and the love in that room is amazing for you and you alone yeah i mean it's again it's I'm I'm so so very grateful. And what's been amazing about this as well is we've created and all these actors have had long respected and established, you know, careers. But it, it almost seems like with with our kid we've just created this whole new little family and you know, it's um it's been amazing. I've 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 really loved it and I'm just grateful for all the support. Where are you up to with our kid. The film's there, people are talking about it. You're now trying to get a deal, aren't you, to get it onto national theatres, or has that happened? Yeah, so <clears throat> we've um we've had a number of screenings up and down the country, um, which has been amazing. Um but it's now available on Amazon, Apple, Google Play and YouTube pay per view. Um I still haven't had like sort of you get like download reports on how well it's doing. Um, so I, d- I don't know. What... So people have to pay to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's 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 a, it's a few quid. Um, and yeah, we we've we took the risk of self distributing. Um, so all this comes back to now is where it began, and that's the community. You know, the community helped 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 this happen and supported it. You know, we're, we're hoping that that same community will will um will all enjoy what they've supported. <laughs> What's the future for Daniel P. Lewis? Um, selfishly, I would love this to, to open up some doors for me. Um, I'm currently searching for an agent. And, um, yeah, I'd just, I'd just love to do this as... The agent would represent you as an actor and a writer yeah. or both? Yeah, for both, yeah. Um, because I just want to continue doing this. Um, writing is so therapeutic to me. Um, it's such a, a, a release. Acting is really exciting for me. Um, and I want to do both. Um, so, yeah, I just I just want to be seen as a respected actor and writer, and I want to continue doing this.
What will you feel about when your kids grow up, knowing the pain you've gone through to get to where you are, which has given you the passion, mm -hmm. what would you say if the children wanted to go down that road? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> what's funny is, before I had children, I, um, I suppose I kind of adopted my dad's mindset or what I thought was his mindset of, yeah, I'm going to get my son into boxing. He's going to be a boxer. He's going to be a boxer. And the day that I... I held him in my hands. I was like, I don't care what he is. I don't care what he is, just so long as he's happy and he loves doing it. Just so long as he's not an Everton supporter. <laughs> no, and, it, you know, whatever whatever path they choose, I'll fully support them. Um, it'd be amazing if they'd done acting. You know, they'd have a job straight away. <laughs> Tell me, playing the part and explain the part you played in uh, Our Kid... How did you cope with that yourself? Because you've had somebody in the family. Yeah. Um, again, y y you know, being a little bit too emotionally attached to it, so that can be hard at times. But there was there was a lot more sort of pressures going on external because obviously producing a super low-budget independent film you are having to do everything, you know what I mean? And of course we had everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had we had a great team around us, we great director and Sean Sean Cronin, um our other producer Colin Crombie, but um you know, I was about to there was a, a, a and we laugh about this now, so she won't mind me telling this story. I was um, I was about to go into quite a serious scene and I really need to be switched on now and of course the character itself is is challenging and and um I could see with one of the one of the um, one of the other women on set. She um, she was waving me, and I, I'm I'm like I need to. We're literally about to go for a take, and I'm like, what 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 do you want? <laughs> and she comes through the, the the you know the cast and crew. She's stepping over cameras and whatnot, and she goes, we ran out of ink. <laughs> and I'm like, really? People on some films would get sacked for that. I said, can you just ask Colin, please? I'm about to go into a scene. I love it. But, you know, it was, you know, when you haven't, you've got actors coming on the next day, you haven't to put them in hotels. And obviously they're calling you up because they're trying to organise their evening before the day. But you're still sort of shooting you know, you're you've got to, so many heads on. Yeah, so many. So heads. it was, it was a that was a, a massive challenge. I think the biggest challenge. Um, but then, obviously, once it's done, uh, another sort of challenge or fear is the character that I've just played, because I've now got to put that out to the world and pray that it's, it's accepted, pray that people see for what it is mm. that it's done with integrity and dignity and respect and that it's come from a, a good place a heartfelt place because it's um there's a gray area of an able-bodied actor well i'm going to ask you about that right now because we we've been through the the whole stages now which is weird you know straight guys playing gay guys gay guys playing straight guys and somebody will always pick up on it yeah. so i've got to ask you played severely disabled uh, man and you played it beautifully wonderfully it touched me um you struggle i struggled a few times to hear you talk 
But when the important lines, when you were putting your dad in place, so I'm getting upset now thinking of that, because that was the bit that went, whoa, yeah. you know. What do you say to people? Because you must have had that criticism or the comments. Do you know what? I am um, so far. I haven't because it's been it, it has been received well and it has been seen to come from the right place. Now, in the build up to this, I was involved with a, an, an amazing charity called Stick and Step, and I spent some time with um, with four different families and how CP affects the individuals and their families. Cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. And um, I met these great families, these great individuals. And and I met this one young man. He was 14 at the time. Sonny, his name is, which is the name of my son. Um, and I asked loads of questions, you know, and some of them were difficult. And, and it was it was really um, welcomed, you know. And then Sonny asked me a question and he put me on the spot. And he stood up not only for himself, but his community to a grown man that he didn't know, which I deeply, deeply respect. And he said, but why, why are you doing it? Why wouldn't you just get someone like me to do it? And that put me on the spot. And then I thought, I probably am going to face this question, this, 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 this topic. Um, and then as the film was coming to, as we were coming close to filming, there was a, quite a few people in the industry that warned me against it. But the decision was very easy for me. I wanted to do it. I wanted to take that risk and I wanted the responsibility of portraying my cousin's personality and the CP community that I've gotten so close with now. I've got a lot of friends in the CP community and um, I wanted that responsibility of portraying their, their personality, their strength and their quick wit, you know, and because I want people, I want the audience to see that, you know, behind the chair in some cases, behind the stigma and the title of cerebral palsy, that there is always a beautiful, beautiful, strong, mentally strong person with, and in a lot of cases with a quick wit. And I wanted, I wanted that responsibility. Well, for me, it worked without any shadow of a doubt. One question I've got to ask, which I wanted to ask from the first time I saw you, but now I've got you on my own, I can ask. Do tell me about the two arm tattoos. <laughs> Because, um, ladies and gentlemen, if this was a film, it looks like two two uh, long gloves without fingers on. A massive mistake. That's the theme I've gone for. <laughs> uh, and I think I've pulled it off. Um, I started getting tattoos when I was 15. Um, I deeply regret them. I do. Um, you know, I I do see the, the, uh, the creative and the artistic side in, in tattoos and I think they look great on, on on individuals. I just wish that I was completely clean of ink, honestly. But you know, we live and learn. Um and I had the the, the the black arms basically I just had random individual tattoos up and down my arms. Um that never made sense, never told a story. I mean I've got SpongeBob on my leg. Like, what's that about? That's not meaningful, is it? You know. And I've done that myself. <laughs> so it's like you know, just to make things easier, I just covered it all up. And actually in, in terms of the acting, it's easier to cover up yeah. now that it's one block yes. of colour. Yeah. 
Um, well, I remember Ray Quinn, who who likes tattoos. He did some holiday, and it was forty five minutes. Them making him up because there's no tattoos in some holiday. Yeah. So it's forty five minutes before and forty five minutes for the second act. Yeah, and I think the worst thing they've done as well was get me neck done. You know, I've got, I've got. Is that why you got a beard? Um, that's just to hide all the chins. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm going wrong. Can you have done something wrong? <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the tattoos, I, I, I think I liked them at the time, but I wish I didn't have them. But luckily now with amazing makeup artists, they can be covered up. Daniel, to finish off, two things. One, have you got a project you're working on and you're not talking about it? Um, yeah, I, um, I completed a script called Amazing Grace. Um, I'm so, so proud of this script. I really am. And I've put every bit of heart and passion into this. Not that I didn't in our kid, but I feel like I've learnt a lot with our kid and I've learnt a lot of what not to do, more so. Um, and I really cannot wait to go into the next project. Um, amazing Grace, very, very briefly. Um, again, write about what you know. There's a lot of inspiration from my personal life. Um character is called Walter Baird and he, he he takes one last roll of the dice before he ends it all and he, he picks up the phone to a, a crisis line, a suicide helpline and on the other end of the call is a, um, a woman called Grace and um, when, she's, when she introduces herself he said oh like the song and we play on the song of Amazing Grace was blind but now I see um, and it's about surviving the night and um, I'm, I'm being finding that strength to to get help. Um, so that's my next project, Amazing Grace. Love it. <sighs> Love it. And after interviewing you, I know where it's all come from, which is fascinating. Your advice, you came from a big family, boxers, you want to impress dad. Dad's finally been impressed, which I will take away with me forever. And I'm thrilled about that. Your advice to anyone out there that's lost their way and does know where they're going, but has a dream. One thing, whatever this does for me, you know, hopefully I am I'm able to, to go on and 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 have a have a career in this. Whatever platform, whatever level this gets me to, I always always want to use this as a platform to, to be to be a strong voice and a strong advocate for mental health. Um Believe me, and I know it's hard for anyone that's at that place right now, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. At the time, I didn't think there was. I needed support. I got that support. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you've got a dream, trust me, chase it. Get help. Speak out. Get support. Find balance. Chase your dream and smash it. There's always going to be hurdles there's always going to be ups and downs it'll always feel like one step forward two steps back you've just got to accept it i adapted this <laughs> this sort of weird mentality of of changing a word and the word was problem problems that word doesn't exist now i changed it to protein and the more problems that i get just makes me stronger protein makes you stronger um and it's just all part of your story you know, just welcome it. I think Tom Hanks said it. This too shall pass. You know, and and that's it. Just just keep going forward. Don't accept no for an answer. It's just a not today. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? 
You know it's free. So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting P-Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe. It's free.